All right, I understand we're here because of a motion to dismiss. That's right, Your Honor. He has no proof my client ever defrauded anyone. Never? Then what do you call rigging a scale before a fight? If you're talking about the Watkins-Lopez fight, that was 15 years ago. And Omar Watkins was a kid that made a five-pound mistake. Or Jim Allen's a promoter who let an overweight fighter break the rules and then paid him $50,000 to lie about it. Lonzo, Robert Zane, been a fan for a long time. Have a seat. Look, I'll have a seat, mister, but let me save you some time. Ricky didn't take a dive. You sound pretty sure. I'm sure because I felt my glove smash his face. Defense is right, Mr. Malik. Circumstantial evidence from 15 years ago isn't enough. Then how about the fact that a huge bet was placed right before this fight? A lot of bets were placed before this fight. Not $100,000 on the underdog at the last second. You know, everybody counted me out. Now the only thing they're counting to is to 10 because I dropped that chump, plain and simple. $100,000? That's right, Your Honor, all in increments of 9,900. Increments? Then you don't know it was the same person at all. Not to mention the fact that 9,900 is under the legal reporting requirements. By $100, which is awfully convenient if you're trying to break the law and not draw attention to it, like Jim Allen did. Jim Allen's not dirty. I don't care what that lawyer says. I didn't take a dive. And I'll tell you something else, I get a rematch with that piece of shit. I'm gonna drop him like a stone. The fact is, you only found something suspicious by doing something suspicious. I was doing my job. Your job isn't to look at bets under $10,000. Hey, I'll look at whatever I want, and when I find out who made those bets, I'll have your fraudulent client dead to rights. That's enough. The evidence is sufficient to move forward. Your Honor. Enough, Mr. Spector. This case is going to trial. Suit Season 8, Episode 11 is over. If you're ready to hear us talk about Rocky 8, then Suits Yourself. I'm Rob Sestrino, back here with the guy who would never throw a podcast. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, I'm good. What is what is throwing a podcast? Like, what would that look like? It's like when you're trying to, like, be bad on purpose on the podcast. But but how could that benefit me? Like, you know, like I'm not saying I would ever throw one, mm-hmm. but if you could make it worth my while, I'd like to hear it. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, maybe you're like on like another podcast and you're trying to like get them like bad ratings or something like that. Oh, well, in that case, Rob, I can be bought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Know, like for you, yeah. If, if I'm going on like a different podcast and they're like, Oh yeah, we need the best Chappelle content, you're like, yeah. hey, Chappelle, not today. I'm like, hey. Boss, say no more. I got yeah. this. So I was thinking about also saying that the guy who uh, doesn't appreciate Creed being called Rocky Seven. Uh, I didn't know if you, you know, cared about Creed. I, we talked about Rockies. Yeah. No, we, you and I have talked about the Rockies. But do you care about like Creed? A, 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 no, but I barely care about the Rockies. You know, it's like you got your one or two Rockies that you appreciate. Mm-hmm. But calling Creed Rocky Seven and then even calling this episode Rocky 8, it feels a little disrespectful, but not disrespectful to me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, here we are, ready to go, back from our mid-season break. I actually uh, enjoyed this episode. I felt like that we were, you know, everybody was kind of like doing cases, and it felt like that we were a little bit back to, you know, a little bit of an old school feel in the new school era of suits. Uh, do you? Uh, what do you think of that sentiment? 
It felt like old school suits, but with a shot of adrenaline because mm-hmm. everybody was in fighting trim this episode. You know, like we and I and that's not even uh, any pun intended with that, right? We know Harvey loves boxing, and we brought in one of Harvey's favorite things with the boxing match, with the potential to throw a match, all this other stuff. It really got Harvey in the fighting spirit. It got Robert Zane in the fighting spirit. The clients were boxers as well, so they're talking about punching each other in the face. It was a lot of this fiery energy in that particular case. You also have Samantha versus Katrina, and Samantha, you know, we know her. She's she's kind of intimidated, but Katrina proving that she's no slouch. Donna and Lewis kind of going head to head over like who's the real managing partner mm-hmm. here and who's just trying to pull the strings. And then, you know, to soften it up just a little bit in the background, we have Donna meeting somebody named yeah. uh, Thomas Kessler, and there was chemistry there too. So I just thought it was that a very was kind of my least favorite part. It it really was, but it's like where's this coming from? About this. But you and I talked about this. We talked about by the mid-season finale of this season, we almost have no Darby content. And we were like, so when are you gonna ha- when are we gonna do it? Because we know it's coming, or at least we think it's coming. It would make sense for it to happen because they've been will they, won't they for seven and a half seasons now. But here we are. They now, in my mind, are about to start planting the seeds because the thing that'll piss Harvey off the most about uh Donna will be if she's looking at somebody else. And so we saw that when Donna saw. Harvey with Dr. Agard. She couldn't handle it. And now I feel like we're about to start seeing maybe what looks like Donna being happy with somebody else and Harvey kind of looking over at Donna and being like, wait a minute, I didn't sign up for this. So yeah. I like it in that sense, but I didn't care about it as far as the plot goes. All right. I mean, since we're here, why don't we uh, get into that storyline, which might be the least important from the episode. But so that there is Lewis's oldest client uh, who is here, and uh, I want to make sure that I have all of the names right. So it'd be Kessler, right? Thomas Kessler. Thomas Kessler, Mm -hmm. Lewis's oldest client. And so that they need some help and then they are searching for uh, new legal counsel and looking for an uh, they want Lewis to be sort of like the interim counsel for this company. And ultimately, Lewis is like, I can't let them down. And Donna is on his ass about like, hey, you got to delegate. You got to delegate. Give this to somebody else. She says, I'll step in. I'll find a new interim general counsel for them. She comes in, Chappelle. She's in her bag of like, you don't know me. I'm Donna. I'm awesome. I know everything. I can tell you're wearing this suit. That means that you care what people think about you, but not that much. And so he is a little bit swooning for Donna. That's he clear. Is, but she's swooning back, though. You know, the she shows up and he turns. She's like, uh, I'm looking for Thomas Kessler. He says, I'm Thomas Kessler. And she kind of flinches like, oh, OK. Tom, yeah. Tommy K, what's up? And so um, I know, yeah. like kind of felt with all due respect to Thomas Kessler, as played by Sasha Ruiz, kind mm-hmm. of kind of just a guy, right? Not. Did you just call Thomas Kessler mid? Oh, my God. I mean, I mean, I probably agree. It's, it's fine. And he was you fine. Know. Like at least we had like, oh, British Harvey. Okay, you know, he's got some swag. But yeah. this really was like just any guy. <laughs> just any guy. No, this is Thomas Kessler. No, I, I kind of agree. It felt like it kind of came out out of nowhere that Donna was so smitten by him at first sight. Maybe she has a type. Uh, he doesn't look like a Harvey type. 
And maybe that's probably what she's going for now. Maybe, you know, she's like, when she dates someone seriously, it's not somebody who's very full of themselves. Thomas Kessler is a personality. You know, he's he's a, a good looking guy, but mm-hmm. he's very funny. He's witty. He's able to keep up with Donna and not in the same way that Harvey is where Harvey's like, I'm great. I'm Harvey. Yeah. I'm the best. Um, that's Donna's thing. So she's going and looking for somebody who's kind of the opposite where it's like, you know, I'm funny. You know, I got personality. And she's like, I kind of like this. And so, She's flirting. He's flirting back. Chemistry there is palpable because you need chemistry to find a good general counsel for somebody. And they have it. He's best known as probably being Jack Dayton on Chicago Mid. I mean, Chicago Med. Ah, 13 episodes. (laughs) Well, he was on the the Midler list. (laughs) Uh, Midler list? (laughs) Yeah, he did uh, six episodes of 911 also. Yeah, I don't know this man. Never seen him before in my life. All right. Uh, Except, yeah. um, Yeah. Nope, I'm looking. Don't know him. So, uh, Canadian actor also, uh, so that makes sense why he's hanging out in Toronto, York. But mm-hmm. he is looking for this general counsel. Donna ends up finding a guy who is from SUNY Buffalo, and he's like, SUNY Buffalo? Shots fired. <laughs> Preposterous. He's like, what? I mean, I don't know. SUNY Buffalo, uh, what was the other school? Was it Arizona Law School? Yeah. You know, that there's a couple of schools they just keep taking some L's. They they go at the Sunnis pretty hard. Here. I know. Do you, do you take offense to that personally? Um, mm, no, I guess not. You know, but I, I mean, for you know podcast listeners, I went to SUNY Oswego, which they now refer to only like as Oswego State University. But um, you know, mm-hmm. all part of the same system. But you know, we we put out some uh, quality talent. Yeah, uh, present company included. You mm-hmm. know, um, you know, there's still a, a season of suits left. Oswego could take, an, uh, you know, catch a random stray bullet too here. Yeah, um, so I guess it's possible. <laughs> but anyway, she felt like I kind of cringed when Donna is like answering her phone and Thomas is calling up. She answers her phone and she's like, "Hello, stupid! Like, what? Are, what are we <laughs> negging this man?" She is nagging him. This is cute. This is what people do. Like, oh, yeah, I like you, but I can't act like I like you. But I got to it's obvious that I like you, but I can't say nice things about you because then I'm going to look like a simp or thirsty. And then Chappelle's going to say, stand up, Donna. So she's playing it cool. And uh, Thomas Kessler, he's feeling the Donna. He eventually says, Donna, what's up? Like, so we going to go out. out. What are we going to do? And she's like, you're a client. And he goes, OK, what if I wasn't a client? She goes, well, if you weren't, then that's fine. He says, OK, so pretend I'm not. <laughs> and say yes this time. And so she goes, okay. Like she completely folds on whatever ethics she was standing by a second ago. Mm-hmm. And now it looks like Donna's about to start dating someone. Okay. So Donna is going to be seeing uh, Thomas Kessler, uh, we would imagine, in future episodes. Okay. So Donna, though, she is also like on Lewis's butt in this episode because that she feels like, okay, hey, Lewis, I put you in this position. And you need to be like doing what I say you need to do. Lewis, uh, that he has the delegating down, but I guess there's a fine line between delegating and just uh, completely like acquiescing to the other like big personalities around here. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say acquiescing. Lewis is hiding. He is hiding from his responsibility. So he is now a managing partner. He should be managing. But because Lewis was a lawyer for so long, you know, a you know, a senior partner, a junior partner, all this other stuff, he's so used to having clients that he deals with. And so when Donna first finds him, I think he's in, chilling in the bullpen. She's like, What are you doing down here? He's like, I'm just getting some work done. He's like, 
shouldn't you be managing something? Yeah, but I got this client. I really got to help out. She's like, we could give that client to someone else so you can manage something. He's like, okay, okay, that's right. You're right. I need to delegate. So what he takes as delegating is, let me let Harvey and Robert Dane do whatever they want so that I can then go and call that delegating so I don't have to deal with managing those two people. Mm -hmm. So um, his first act of delegation is that uh, he gives Alex Williams, who is the fourth name on the wall, uh, yeah. uh, his client to take over because he has to work out a contract thing. And re remember, Lewis is doing all of this just so he can avoid whatever is going on with Harvey and Robert Zane. Um, I, I think Williams is the, got, got fifth, right? Oh, is it fifth? Uh, yeah, I meant last. I, I can't remember how many yeah, names on the board, but he's dead <laughs> ass last on this on this one. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, it's Zane Specter lit William Wheeler Williams. Yeah, he uh, liked being on the he, end. Well, he felt like it's more memorable if you're at the end. Not but, to you. you. Know, uh, what's that? Samantha calls it? You know, Batman and Robin. Uh, what she say? Uh, the Lone Ranger and Tonto. Uh, there was a several different. Mm -hmm. um, you know, different lesser names that she tried to throw in his face. And so now he's starting to reconsider it. I personally definitely forgot that uh, there were six names on the board. I I, I, I think I counted it. I forgot Lewis. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah. Chappelle, I loved the opening to this episode where Lewis is like doing impressions, sucking himself into the mirror, giving some De Niro face uh, that he comes in. He's dancing throughout the office. I feel like we've gotten this uh, a couple of different times in the history of Suits. Uh, Lewis is dancing and celebrating. Oh, yeah. He slides down the rail. He's finger pistoling people. It's, uh, you know, he's the big man on campus and it shows. And he, I think he tried to high five someone and they, they don't, I don't think they picked up. Mm -hmm. you know, on the high fives, but that didn't slow him down. The only person who really noticed this was Gretchen. And she's like, Hey Lewis, I know you've been walking around the office, you know, doing the things that you do when you're very happy. She kind of ribs him a little bit, but at the end of the day, she's very happy for him as well. Um, but yeah, this is Lewis's high point. He's finally made it to the top of the mountain point. He can, he literally has nothing else to strive for at Pearson Spector, Lit, Zane, Hardman, Wills, Will or Walker. Mm -hmm. Wyatt. <laughs> Wyatt. Um, so Lewis, that he has then uh, Thomas Kessler comes in and then uh, we got kind of touched on all of that. But Lewis also, he's dealing with another case. Uh, he's going to deal uh, delegated to Alex Williams. And so or was that the same th thing that he delegated so, Thomas Kessler to Alex Williams? Kessler had two things going on. Yeah. He needed uh, Lewis to handle the contract and to find him general counsel. So the delegation goes to Donna handling the general counsel and Alex handling the uh, the contract situation. Yeah. And so he gives it to Alex Williams. And, you know, we've discussed just, is Alex Williams a good lawyer? And this episode also doesn't paint the best picture for Alex Williams. It seems like that he kind of phones it in until he has some you know, immense pressure put on him by Lewis at the end of the episode. Yeah, Alex says, okay, it looks like it's going to be a tough, this is going to be tough to figure out. What if we just cut off one of the divisions? And Lewis is like, no, don't do that. This is one of my oldest clients. I, I want I want the, the, the contract to stay intact the way it is. I just need it handled. And uh, Alex is like, but you gave me this client, so it's mine. I'm going to do it however I want. Mm -hmm. And Lewis is, of course, upset about that. He's trying to get his client back from Alex. Eventually, he goes and apologizes because Donna, like you said, She's all over him, telling him, you're running from your responsibilities. You're hiding behind this uh, Thomas Kessler thing so you don't have to face your responsibilities. So he goes to Alex and like, all right, 
I was tripping. Uh, I probably overstepped. And Alex goes, yeah, I was tripping too. I was rushing through it. My bad. Dude. Had you not put any pressure? I'm like, Alex, what the hell? Yeah. Dog, wh- why did you? I mean, I get why you admitted it because you've grown and you do take fault for the yeah. things that you do. But also we're here at Suit Yourself. We're like, Alex, this is another deduction <laughs> on the report card. Like, sir, yeah. you are failing. You deserve to be last on the wall. Well, I do think that it was also at the point that he went back and figured it out. And so, like, I think he's like, yeah, you were right. I did make a mistake. And I went back and I did correct the issue. Yeah, but he was going to rush through it. Had Lewis not thrown a big fun- uh, like funk about it, then, you know... We Alex would have just done what he wanted to do. Like, oh, yeah, I just decimated this company, but it's fine. I saved it. It's cool, right? He said, like, he cut off his arm to save the body. Lewis was like, you don't have to do that. Yeah. And Alex got there eventually. But, I mean, if it wasn't for Lewis, I think the mistake would have been made here. So, yeah, Alex yeah. Williams, kind of uh, kind of reckless. I don't know, Alex. You might need mm-hmm. to go back to psych. Yeah, he got his name on the wall. That was all he cared about. Um, so, it. all right, some fallout following from the last episode. Because you and I were talking about yesterday about how that, boy, Samantha never found out that Katrina went and impersonated her and got the records. And so we saw the woman from the insurance company come in and is like, Katrina, or so Samantha, I can't believe you. You walked into our records department, got your own records, and then leaked them to Alex Williams. I didn't do that. Yeah, it wasn't me. Yeah. Um, and then well, it was some blonde lady. Yeah. Saying, okay. And so somehow, I guess not a lot of blonde women, I guess, at uh, ZSLWW. And so, um, <laughs> yeah, it seems like that Samantha is able to put two and two together and goes to Katrina about it. And this woman is claiming that, you know, she's out $80 million and we got to figure out a way to get her some money back. Yeah, she wants a refund. And Samantha's like, uh, what do you mean you want a refund? She says, you don't think it's a coincidence that you lose an $80 million case and the next day your name gets on the wall? Like, sir, ma'am, you should be fired for losing that much money. So what's up? Something must have happened here yeah. and I want my money back. In so fairness, Samantha- yeah, the insurance lady like totally got hosed because that, right. <laughs> um, that freaking starboard airlines that they <laughs> intentionally sabotaged the $150 million painting or whatever. And then mm-hmm. they got like a $45 million settlement. Yeah. Uh, they they won the case. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah, Starboard got away with it. He's the Gavin is somewhere just chilling, uh, and mostly because of you know this little low down move that Alex Williams pulled, asking Katrina to go in and impersonate Samantha. Now it's not illegal for Katrina as a senior partner to go in and get that documentation, which is probably why Samantha figured it's probably Katrina who did it because that would be the only way to get through mm-hmm. this legally. Uh, but she's like, Katrina, you need to make this work. Uh, I need, we need to get some money back. We need to go figure out loopholes and stuff. To, I mean, we, you got to go do something for me and now you owe me. And you honestly should be afraid of me because we used to work together at Rand Caldor Zane and I told you I'm the big bad wolf. And Katrina's kind of standing there and I was watching her mannerism. I'm thinking, okay, Katrina's kind of shook, but she also not really backing down. So I wonder what's going to happen here. So, of course, Katrina goes to Donna because Donna was the one who told her to do it in the first place. She's mm-hmm. like, hey, Donna, what's up? You got Samantha breathing by my neck down. Donna's like, yeah, that's crazy, right? Dude. What she wants you to do? Oh, damn, you gonna let her bully you like that? Couldn't be me. I was mm-hmm. like, Donna, this is your fault. Yeah, <laughs> well, you told Katrina her to wrong, do it. But you the COO, you should have been like, don't do that. It's unethical. But now Katrina's faced with doing more unethical activity to uh, appease Samantha. 
And uh, I like the outcome of this for Katrina. Um, the little move she pulled, it was kind of spicy. I liked it. Yeah, she kind of ends up at the end of this episode where she goes back and she finds a bunch of money that was like uh, just like some errors or things that she cleaned up that was going to be a savings of at least $10 million. She's like, look, I, I'm doing them a favor. I'm finding this. And if you can't see it, you got to remember, like uh, at the end of this, like you owe me one. Mm-hmm. Samantha owes her one. Uh, no, no, well, Katrina owes Samantha one. See, that's the thing. Katrina's like, look, yeah, I screwed you out of 80 mil. I just found you 10 mil, and there's probably more to be found here, and that's for you between you and Nina because you lost that case. But because of that, I will say that I got your back in the future just based on I know I screwed you over. Now, that said, don't try to bully me again because I'm not going to be one of these lawyers that are out here doing unethical stuff trying to make ends meet because that's the thing. Katrina was trying to be Harvey. She's trying to be Robert Zane. She's trying to be Jessica. She wants to be in there mixing it up with the big with the big boys, you know, uh, breaking laws, bending rules and stuff. But she's like, that's not me. I don't want to do that. And so she tells Samantha, look, I got you next time because I know I hold you a little bit. But um, she goes to Alex with the opposite. She's like, yeah. Alex, you threw me under the bus, so now you owe me. And it's good. You know, a name partner owes Katrina a favor. I think this was a good episode for Katrina. Okay. So a lot of people owing each other chits as we come down uh, the stretch here in season eight. All right, let's talk about then the main event. Okay. It's the return of Andrew Malik. And so Harvey and Robert Zane both get involved in one case. I did feel like that. How many times is like a boxing promoter investigated from like the DA's office about a thrown boxing match? This just seemed like kind of like a weird stakes. This is Andrew Malik's favorite sport, Rob. He felt personally attacked by this. He's like, I have to clean this up because I'm Andrew Malik, and this meant a lot to me. I know you threw this boxing match. It's like, all right, you're right. The DA's office should not be involved in this. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know anything about the legal system, but this does seem very odd. Um, because sports betting is always a little wonky, you know, like mm -hmm. uh, especially in boxing, they talk about it a little bit here. It's probably the easiest game to throw because all you got to do is not get back up after someone punches you in the face. And who can tell you how hard you got punched in the face, right? Or why you fell down. You're like, I was fine. I just lost my footing and I couldn't get back up, you know? And But Harvey is targeting Andrew Malik anyway. He's like, look, I went to go find this case because one, Harvey likes boxing too. But two, Andrew Malik screwed over Jessica. He made Jessica look like a fraud, got her disbarred, all that good stuff. So now Harvey's out to get Andrew Malik. And now when Andrew Malik tells Harvey that he used to be a boxer, I thought we were about to get a fight. I, I was ready so. for it. Like, I was like old finally. school Harvey Travis Tanner. Yes, get in the ring. Maybe we'll still get that. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so because they do get the better of Andrew Malik here. Andrew Malik does one of the like um the you know classic super villain lines like I'll get you next time. You know, it's like, mm -hmm. oh, he's coming back, baby. Put him in the ring. Let's see it. Yeah, and maybe Andrew Malik could be our big bad that we end up uh, with down the stretch. Now, did Harvey have a relationship with Jim Allen? Um, so Harvey doesn't seemingly have a relationship with Jim Allen. What it looked like is that Jim Allen is, you know, he, he's the manager guy, right? He's the guy in the corner 
And Harvey's like, hey, Jim Allen is getting sued. Now, Harvey is a big boxing guy, so he probably knows of him. Yeah. Um, I guess I guess I put Jim Allen in like the Don King <laughs> kind of a category. Um, and so he goes in like, Jim, I, I watched that fight and I know, I know Ricky didn't take a dive. You know, he got punched in the face. I, I, I couldn't even I couldn't even see that happening in my life. And Jim, I was like, thank you. People are blaming me like I did something. It's like, OK, but did you do something? No, Jim Allen's innocent. You know who's not innocent? Ricky. He's lying. Yeah. He, he took a dive. Um, I, I also feel like that this all took place at the same place that we see Harvey go to do his boxing. So I wonder if maybe he has a relationship with uh, Jim Allen. Because he's like so many. He's like, Jim Allen is innocent. Like he's like, you know, seems very like wrapped up in the fact that, you know, Jim Allen, this father figure is somebody that for Harvey is uh, an innocent person who is uh, getting wrapped up in this and his good name is being coach. sullied. But yeah. yeah, so we have this back and forth where kind of dramatic where Harvey is like arguing with Andrew Malik in front of the judge, but then also Robert Zane is talking to the boxer who uh, allegedly um, is saying that uh, through the fight, but Robert Zane is getting, uh, I guess, snowed by this guy because uh, Robert Zane's like, I talked to him. He's his word is good. Yeah, he didn't well, throw the Robert, fight. Robert Zane talks to Alonzo first, and Alonzo's like, I punched that guy in the face, so he didn't throw nothing. I kicked his ass, and then Robert Zane goes to Ricky, he's like, Ricky, did Alonzo kick your ass? Ricky's like, Yeah. He got me. You know, it happens. Whew, don't know what to tell you. Um, come to find out, you're right. Robert Zane is getting snow. Apparently, uh, Ricky has a case of a CTE. And um, he's like, listen, people were willing to pay me to take a dive. And I need to start thinking about my family because I'm 35 years old. And sometimes I'm driving around and forget where I'm going because I've been knocked in the head too many times. So, yeah, I'm sorry that they think Jim is behind this. But guess what? I ain't taking the fall for this one. I I did it to take care of my people. I I wanted I needed the money and I need the money moving forward. And so this really pisses Harvey off because oh my god, how can you, you know, sully the sanctity of boxing? Harvey mm -hmm. is he's livid. Yeah. Now, Chappelle, were you surprised that Harvey was like so insensitive to the plight of Ricky after like hearing the story about how like he is like dealing with this condition? He's trying to take care of his family. Like Harvey doesn't have like any sympathy for him whatsoever. He's like, well, you should have thought of that before you, you tried to throw a fight. Yeah. He's like, it's my favorite sport. Damn it. You know, it's like Harvey took this very personally. And, and you know, I think that at this point, eight seasons is we can say that this is very much Harvey's favorite sport. We see Harvey always, always more than basketball, more Harvey than baseball. Always, always defaults to let me punch you in the face. Yeah. That's his. I mean, in the in the boardroom, on the street, man, woman, other, he is always like, but we can fight about it. So this is like Harvey to his core. So he's like, I I don't care if you had CTE, if you got a family, if you were fighting for your life. I don't care. You come in and you win the fight. That is just Harvey's. That's his purview of this whole thing. Like, this is just this is the way I see life is that it's all a boxing match. And so, yeah, Ricky took a dive and Harvey's not going to stand for it. Mm -hmm. OK, so that 
they know this information. And so uh, Robert Zane says, okay, we got to cut a deal for Ricky because it's like this guy, we, we can't just uh, hang him out to dry. They're sort of debating about how to handle this case. Uh, so they end up going with Lewis and they say like, all right, let's just burn the midnight oil here after Donna pushes him to, you know, not let Harvey. There's a funny scene earlier in the episode where Harvey comes in and Lewis is like, you're a wild stallion. Uh, you know, I, you know, I, I just gotta like, uh, does he say I have to ride you bareback or uh, I can't ride you bareback? Oh my God. So yeah, this is a very uncomfortable moment for Harvey. Um, he said, um, you know, uh, there's no way I can try to tame you. I definitely can't put a saddle on you, much less try to ride you bareback. And Harvey's mm-hmm. like, what? Bareback? He's like, yeah, um, you know, you're a wild stallion. And wild stallions have to run free. Right. Uh, you know, so um, he's a magnificent steed that gallops wherever the wind takes him. And Lewis is not going to ride him hard unless he's able to, you know, start bucking underneath him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. <laughs> that was that was his, yep. his speech to Harvey. And so he tried to give Harvey that kind of leeway. He's like, you go be a stallion, go be w- young, wild, and free, and I will let you do your bidding. But after Donna comes to Lewis and lines him up, he's like, hey, Lewis, you're doing a shitty job managing these partners. Uh, Yeah, you need to get in there and fix it. Lewis bursts in when he sees Robert Zane and Harvey kind of debating what to do about Ricky. He says, you know what? It's over. This is my case now, and we're going to figure it all out. And they do. You said they uh, burn the midnight oil all night until they come up with a solution that allows them to flip all of this on Andrew Malik. And so, um, you know, which was the goal? Harvey's goal initially is to, like, he wants to sully Andrew Malik's uh, reputation. And so uh, this doesn't actually do that, but it is going to stop him from having a lot of upward mobility in the political world. It's an election year. I did think that the ending uh, did seem a little thrown together with Andrew Malik of they go in and they're like, well, Andrew Malik, like, turns out that Jim had nothing to do with this. So you're going to sign this little document here that says, like, you're a stupid idiot who is incompetent. Mm -hmm. And it says, like, you're incompetent 12 different ways. And he doesn't even read it. He's like, all right, you got me this time, kids. Yeah, He doesn't like, hold on, (laughs) let me read what this says. Like, uh, all right, can we cut this part? He's like, right. All right, you got me. Yeah, I would have gotten um, away with it if it wasn't for you two. I'm telling you, Andrew Malik is like a cartoon villain at this point. He's like, God dang it, I'll be back. Um, yeah, they surprise him with this uh, document that says, "Yeah, I, I'm conceding here that I, I was doing my job poorly, so that he doesn't have to pay." Uh, well, I guess he does. He ends up having to basically uh, do this so that he doesn't have to pay for the uh, losses that Jim Allen suffered while, you know, being targeted for this unlawful prosecution. And so, yeah, they get the better of him. And like I said, it's an election. Uh, election is coming up and it's going to look really bad for him. And so he's like, you try to ruin my career like this. And Harvey's like, Jessica sends her regards. Yeah. Peace out. Yeah. So they get the better of Andrew Malik. Yeah. I do not like Andrew Malik. Uh, so I was okay with this. I'm fine. <laughs> yeah. And it is uh, 2019, a huge election year, of course. Uh-huh. Big big things happening in 2019, for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> Chappelle, let's talk about the Liddy for this episode. Who you got? I kind of want to give it to Katrina. Yeah, I think so. I think Katrina would be a good choice. Um, if you're yeah. going to say Lewis, I was going to say, like, okay, Lewis is trying to force the co-ed bathrooms <laughs> on uh, at, at ZSLWW, and I really don't know why. I mean, that for all Lewis's talk about 
Bran and prunies and, you know, his regularity. I would think he would not be trying to force the co-ed bathroom issue. Right. But why why does he care so much? You know, like, don't get me wrong. I, I think that bathrooms are just bathrooms. You're right. Put the stall from the ceiling to the floor and then anybody can go in there, use the restroom and just wash their hands at the sink. It's like it's not that complicated. Mm-hmm. But for Lewis to become managing partner, he's like my first act of, of, of managing partner. Now, I'm not going to manage anybody. I want to talk about bathroom stalls. It's like, all right, Lewis, come on. So, mm-hmm. yeah, especially when he knows he's the one blowing them bathroom stalls uh, of the smithereens. <laughs> like he's the problem. So, yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't hate the I don't hate the issue. I just hate that Lewis decided well, it that that's where like, he should. Uh, he's coming at it from like, okay, we need like some sort of like gender neutral bathroom Inclusive. solution. Yeah, it doesn't seem like that's where he's coming from. I don't know if he feels like that. Maybe the women have more bathrooms uh, on the floor than the men do. I don't know. I'm sure, like, seems they, like he's angling at that something. Many people there, but it's not that many people in the in the office. Like we we talk about ZSL, but they just rebuilt. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's a few, there's a couple people in there. There's a few. And like, I'm not, I'm saying obviously more than like 10, but you know, I still think that the bathroom issue isn't an issue for anybody except for Lewis. You know, probably, you know, the thing uh, about the co-ed bathrooms is that they just walk into them anyway. I mean, we yeah. see Jessica, uh, in, in there. Yeah. everybody in the, in the women's restroom and the men's restroom, whatever the case, whatever the case may be, they're just going to storm in there to stop these people from walking out. It's probably the most used set piece on suits aside from, you know, Harvey's office is just the bathroom. <laughs> uh, so I don't know. Lewis is fighting about a, a non-issue here. Yeah. But back to your point about Katrina getting the Liddy this week. Yeah, she does, you know, seem to have uh, found a place to be able to, like, navigate. She owes one to Samantha, but now Alex Williams owes her one. We didn't see mm-hmm. any sign of Brian here. Uh, the episode yes. ends on the notes of, like, you know, all of the women here uh, were passing the Bechdel test. The women are all talking to each other about work. And now Samantha and Katrina and Don and even Gretchen are going out for even drinks that they don't let Lewis come with them. If they real, they'll FaceTime Jessica, too. You know, whenever you and all this your, is you my know, your sex in the city. Out. Yeah, this is. Your, OK, so Samantha, okay, you got Donna, Gretchen and Katrina. OK, so you got to sort them. Mm-hmm. OK, so I think that so um, I think. Hmm. I think that uh, Gretchen is the uh, Samantha. Now, this is confusing because we have two Samanthas. We have two Samanthas. Yes. <laughs> Gretchen's the Samantha. Um, okay. I, I think that Donna could also be the Samantha. Um, so I think you Ooh. can do it two ways. But okay, so, so Samantha Wheeler is the Miranda. Katrina's okay. the Charlotte. I, that's that's pretty easy. That's, that's the easy and one, And then I yeah. think that maybe you could flip um, that... You know, who's the carry? I think that's that. Honestly, I think that probably Donna is probably the carry. And then, yeah. and then Gretchen is the Samantha Jones. <laughs> yes. OK, cool. I think that's an interesting conversation. I, I I might post that in the Facebook group when uh, we drop this episode so that the associates can chime yeah. in. That's at suitspodcast.com slash Facebook. Yeah. Every group of four women is a sex in the city. I think I think that's probably sexist in the city. But at the same time, it's fine. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm just saying it's probably a non-zero chance if you're like all women are a Samantha or a Carrie. Every, no, or every group of four women, not all women. You're right. You're right. When they group up, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> women separately can be whoever they want. But when it's four of you, you know what you are. Mm-hmm. You know, all right. Are, are all are four men always like? I don't know. What, Ninja what, what Turtles. The, Ninja Turtles. Oh my god. You know, I'm a party dude. Obviously. <laughs> uh, 
But there's only two of us here, so we're not Ninja Turtles. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Dang. I think I self-identify as a Raphael. I could see that. Yeah. But also that. Ra- yeah. that the Ninja Turtles are also Sex in the City. They are. So mm-hmm. Leonardo is Carrie, Raphael is Miranda, and I would also be okay. the Mar- a Miranda in a like a, a group of four. Uh, then um, Ka- uh, Samantha is Michelangelo, and then uh, that uh, Charlotte is a uh, Donatello. She doesn't invent right. things, but right, she doesn't do machines. But you know, mm-hmm. we get it. So I'm a Samantha. Um, if you're Michelangelo, then yeah, I am Michelangelo. I'm mm-hmm. a party dude. Yeah. Okay. I'm Samantha. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that. All right. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> but it's all, you know, all groups of four can be sorted, I think, into one of those categories. All right. So let's see. A lot of references, a lot of Rocky references. Uh, Chappelle and I, this has come up in a couple of different podcasts, uh, or I guess uh, all the Suits podcasts, because we keep talking about Stallone. But yeah, all the Rocky movies uh, come up here that, you're not a huge Rocky guy like the First Lady of Podcasting. No, you know, you and I both talked about it, how we kind of like, we've seen Rocky, you know. It's fine. You you, you have your favorites, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, I mean, I'm not watching all the Rockies in succession and then watching all the Creeds, both Creeds. Like, I'm fine. I don't. I didn't even see the first Creed. The second Creed didn't appeal to me either. Like, it, it's fine. Creed 3, I think, even. Yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm good. I'm good. I've seen them. They're fine. Yeah, uh, nothing that I gotta call home about, but I, it it makes so much sense for this to be a Harvey thing. It's it's amazing that we made it eight seasons before we got a Rocky like movie reference. I'm sure he's done Stallone before, but you mm-hmm. know Rocky himself. This should have been Har- like Harvey's Avatar. Yeah, <laughs> don't even talk about Avatar. Um, oh, blah. so uh, Patty said uh, she wrote in to say uh, Rocky eight. The episode has the most pop culture references for the season at 16. Notables, notables being every Rocky movie by number, Taxi Driver, second half of Tonto from The Lone Ranger, Batman and Robin, Simon and Garfunkel, Miracle on Ice, Broadway Joe, uh, shout out to the Jets, uh, and uh, Winston mm-hmm. Churchill. Uh, Broadway Joe being Joe Flacco when he played for the Jets. Mm, no, stop it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> he did have a couple of uh, big wins for the Jets. Okay. I, look at this man. Elite. Yeah. All right. Chappelle. Then also David wrote in to say the Lewis managing partner montage is one of the greatest moments in all of Suits. Oh, when he's uh, walking through and, do, and doing his like uh, his, his grand entrance as yeah. a managing partner. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying to remember if that exact music cue was used for a previous Lewis montage. And if so, what was Lewis celebrating so. uh, in a previous montage? Getting his name on the wall? I just don't feel like that's. I, don't I think, think he was kind of a villain music. when that happened. Yeah, I don't think it's the same music cue at all. I think that this was new. You know, the the suits music is very interesting because we don't we don't do a lot of mainstream music all the time. We'll do like two or three per season at best. And so, yeah, for Lewis to just come out of the gate with this one, I was like, okay, this is nice. And he was feeling himself, and I appreciate it. You know, we kind of hinted at it a little bit last time we recorded, but Lewis making managing partner to me made sense from Lewis's growth arc. But it's still Lewis. He's yeah. still Lewis. And so you have to still leave room for Lewis to do crazy Lewis things. This is the high point of Lewis. I, I hope we don't ever see the dark side of Lewis. 
Okay. I don't know if we have time for that uh, in the run of the show. Okay. We talked about yesterday. Okay. This was the start of the home stretch of the back half of season eight, then into season nine. There are 15 episodes of Suits left after today. Only 15. Only 15. Okay. This was episode 119 from the first episode of 2019, the final year of Suits. We started back in 2011 and we've gone through eight different years of Suits. Man, I wonder, what was our 15th episode of Suits? What was that? I mean, it was, I think that there were not 16 episodes in season one. So I think it might've been episode three of season two. Yeah, we were at the choice. We were just finding ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, This little description of of episode 15 says, with Hardman back and knowing that it's a matter of time before he challenges Jessica for control, she decides to make sure she has enough support. So she asks Harvey to go out. Uh, Yeah. This is uh, when Harvey's going around and whipping yeah. the votes, I think. Yeah. Okay. I'll Good be episode. upset if we don't see Daniel Hardman one more time. You think he's... Okay. What What are the odds? You think he's gone? I think it's low. I don't think that there is a good chance that he comes back, but I think that that would be uh, pretty iconic if he could rejoin us in season nine. I kind of want to peek and see if he's coming. Yeah. I, don't know. I might. I, I've, I've been doing a good a job of not doing that. Yeah. Give we'll, it a couple we'll days. We'll just wait. We'll okay. just wait. All right. Then... Chappelle, uh, what else do we have to talk about here for Rocky 8? I don't think we have much to talk about for Rocky 8. I think it was a good episode, but I still don't think we have a big bad. I still think, like, unless Andrew Andrew Malick Malick. is the big bad. Do you think so? You think him, like, waving his fist at them like, you darn kids? You think this is is him planting his flag and being like, all right, it's either me or y'all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so, too. I think I think so. I just don't I don't respect him as a villain. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. Yeah. Like I really wanted something bigger and badder to come around instead of like Andrew Malick sad because Harvey hurt his feelings. Mm-hmm. Uh even though Andrew Malick started it. So yeah. I don't know. They need to they need to up the stakes a little bit more. I need I need more. Give me more. We got one season left. Let's let's hype it up. Okay. Let me shout out Jessica Frey in the Facebook group. I think you can get to suitspodcast.com slash Facebook. Samantha got the Liddy on the same episode when Rob made the joke. You just got knocked up. Perfect synergy, of course. Catherine Heigl, the star of what? 2008 mm-hmm. knocked up. I'd I'd say so, yeah. Let's 2008. See. I feel like that is a movie that is for 2007, forgotten to history. Ooh, close. I, I mean, what what was your favorite part of Knocked Up? I know you've seen it. Um, yeah, I don't really remember. Uh, exactly. Ken, Ken Jeong was a, like uh, the OBGYN. Like, I kind of feel like that the Apatow comedies of like the uh, back half of that decade, I feel like all kind of blur together. I feel like it was 40-year-old virgin and then a lot of Seth Rogen and I could not tell you one movie from another. Yeah, um, the Apatow movies were, they were like a, a place I couldn't tell time, you that right? from... Pineapple Express from, you know, all oh, I like know Pineapple Express. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Seth, Seth Rogen uh, was a busy guy at that point in time. Yeah. I mean, Apatow was doing the things, right? So you had what? Anchorman and Tyler Knight. He, like, he was producing and Superbad, Pineapple Express. It's all the same movie, right? Mm-hmm. It's not. Knocked it's up. basically like you could take the same cast and just put them in all of them. And that's pretty much what they did. I mean, Leslie Mann is doing a lot of heavy, heavy lifting in those films as well. She's just a very funny person. Uh, but yeah, that was a time. I think like you, it lasted maybe nine years of just like straight, like boom, 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 boom. And then like, they start to like kind of fizzle out toward the end of those nine years. Kind of, mm-hmm. kind of like suits. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's for another podcast about sort of like the um, <laughs> the rise Apatow and fall of like universe. the uh, Apatow Cinematic Universe. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, yes, Rob, we need to start preparing our listeners. This is our final season on Netflix. We got to oh, go find another place to watch this. I forgot about this. that. We got to switch yeah. over to Peacock. <laughs> Peacock or Prime? I think. Netflix I think also on Prime. Amazon yeah. Prime. Yeah. So if you're a super associate and you have been watching this on Netflix, it's time for you to go. Uh, I'm not. Listen, I'm not endorsing going and getting some other streaming source uh, uh, service. You can still listen to the podcast if you don't want to go spend that money. Or I'm sure these episodes are found somewhere on the dark web. That's all I'm saying. So mm-hmm. if you want them, now is the time to start prepping because we're only a few episodes away from having to leave Netflix alone for a little bit and go over to yeah. a different place to watch Suits. I also, uh, speaking of watching Suits on Netflix, I was watching um, a, I think I was had like a TikTok video that was talking about the uh, most streamed things on Netflix in 2023 and i think that the entire run of suits i think was had like the it was like number three for the most watched hours for uh all of netflix do you know it was number one according to this uh tiktok video of course as the co-host of the nothing but netflix podcast uh no i don't um what, what was number one something that we actually uh ended up not covering on nothing but netflix it was the night agent. So people were telling oh. us, check it out, check it out, check it out, but we never ended up doing it. Right. We are, I mean, and we fought hard against the night agent, you know, because we had just watched the other night agent show, right? Yeah. It was like one night agent and then backdoor to the, the night agent that was everybody the really wanted us was to watch. Was that what we watched? Yeah, the rookie, I think. But it was just, it's just it looked like it was Very the same, similar. y'all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's We tried. We tried. Damn. Do we need to go back and get the night agent? For no, like- I think we're fine. I think we're fine. But it was just like that they counted by viewing hours. And that was pretty mm-hmm. good because the night agent only had one season and it was compared against the entire run of streaming suits on Netflix. Rob hates the night agent. Oh, my God. You just I, I didn't hate it. We watched a couple episodes. <laughs> I just didn't want to like, you know, it's tough on the uh, nothing but Netflix podcast to like mm-hmm. binge like 10 hours of a show for one podcast. Make that oh, no, work. I totally agree. I did not want to watch the night agent. So I yeah. hated it, too. It's fine. OK. All right. So Chappelle, you and I are going to wrap things up here, by the way, uh, this week. If you missed it, check out our coverage of Round and Round, the Hanukkah movie starring Rick Kaufman over on the Hallmark Channel. That was a fun uh, Suits adjacent podcast we did on Robin Akivanita podcast. Chappelle, what else is coming up for you? Uh, you and I are going to be joined uh, on nothing but Netflix by a special guest, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, we're gonna back, back. We're gonna be talking about a holiday film, uh, the Family Switch, over on Nothing But Netflix. One of the many podcasts Chappelle and I are working on for you. Yes, I'm very it's excited. Not just for that. suits. It's not just suits, y'all. So again, we're about to wrap this up. So I need you if you are a suits only, a suits truther here on Rob. Uh, has a podcast, or I guess on technically on post-show recaps. If you just found us because of Suits, go check out the other catalog. We got a lot of stuff back. You know, Rob's done a billion podcasts over the years, I'm and I've done a couple hundred. So mm-hmm. check that out. Go listen to all the stuff that Rob and I have done. Told us, tell us what your favorites are. And then again, I'm still taking suggestions. So if you, if you think you can sway or persuade us to talk about something else, I'd like to hear it. Suitspodcast.com slash Facebook. Let us know what's going on. Let us know what you think. Okay. Great job, Chappelle. I'm at Rob Sesternino. Thank you so much for joining us. Take care of a good one. Bye.